Hello, hello. How is everyone out there in Facebook land? I'm coming to you live here with the Making a Marketer. I have a killer guest today, as usual, and I'll introduce her in a second. But this is episode 22, and today we're talking about a non-agency, what you might call an anti-agency. In terms of marketing and advertising, there are a lot of agencies out there, and different business models work for different businesses. And I was pretty excited to meet Elo and to be working with her, and I thought... This would be a really good thing to talk about in terms of getting exposure to our listeners and those who are trying to become a marketer about what it might be like to go out on your own and the opportunities sort of that are there. Our show is sponsored by Powers of Marketing and I am Megan Powers and you can find me on Twitter at Megan Powers, probably the best spot to find me. And my agency, which is just me, is provides strategic communication consulting and execution for small to medium-sized businesses. Our guest today is Elo Newcomb. Welcome, Elo. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on. I know we've been talking about this for a while, right? Like, when did we start working together? February? Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Almost. I mean, a little under a year now. Yep. Yeah. It's been in the making for a while. Yes, for sure. Okay, I'm going to do your little your intro and all your amazing accolades. So she is co-founder, <laughs> co-founder of the Collective SD. So having worked both in-house and on the agency side, Elo understands what it takes to bring a project in on time, on budget, and most importantly, on strategy. Speaking my language. She's proud to have worked with and for an array of brands, including ABC, Applebee's, TGI Fridays, Buffalo Wild Wings, Chilted Kilt, Liberace Estate, and Best Time. And then I've worked on a couple of projects with her as well. And then she has been nominated for a whole slew of awards recently, which I felt like I had to mention. So most recently, like in the last week, the San Diego Magazine Celebrating Women event, she was nominated as a finalist in the Rising Star category. Very, very cool. And she was a finalist of the top business leaders in San Diego Business Journal's under 40 top business leaders. Yeah, I said that. And then she was honored before that by Junior League as their the highest honor that they have, which is the 2018 President's Award for Outstanding Work and Exceptional Leadership. She is vice president of marketing for their local chapter. And of course, we know that's volunteer, right? Yes. A labor of love. Yeah. As a vice president of communication for Meeting Professionals International San Diego chapter, I can attest to the fact that it's like doing your job for volunteer organization, but absolutely. With the Junior League, uh, spent the last couple of years as their vice president of marketing, which really folk serving like full agency really for that organization. Um, I'm now sitting on the board and have passed the baton over to a great woman, Libby Lopez. So I do want to point that out there if anybody's familiar with the league that the role has shifted, which I'm excited about to do more and different work with that chapter. Fabulous. All right. So let's dig in a little bit. What Tell us what, what the collective... San Diego is and kind of what made you and your your business partner, Heather, start the collective? Sure, sure. No, it's a great question. So in my background, I've worked in big size agencies, full service agencies in San Diego, as has my business partner, Heather. And I've also worked on the brand side in-house uh, bigger corporations, Buzz Time being one of them, straddling the biz dev and the marketing side of those organizations. And the past couple of years or several years, really, Heather and I both noticed a few different things happening in the market. 
In my most recent previous role, I was director of business development. And I also was doing client development as well. So again, sort of straddling that strategy and account services side, as well as biz dev for the agency as well. And that really gave me an incredible oversight of what was happening in the marketing industry for both brands and then how agencies were rising to the occasion to meet those brands and their needs. And the three things that we noticed in particular were, one, just the cost of doing business had very aggressively shifted in a very short period of time. Technology being introduced to market had created a lot of efficiencies in how to do things. So for example... Building a website a few years prior would have been a custom undertaking, might have a six-figure price tag for what we'd consider a credibility site or portfolio site, so like low functionality or features on it. And then a few years later, with the advent of all these WordPress themes and other, like again, tools, now the price tag really should be more reflective of like low five figures or maybe even lower in some cases. So that's just a perfect example of how technology introduced to market really shifted the cost of doing business and really the process of how to do things, as well as just the appetite from brands for whatever reason, budgets had been slashed. And as well, many of the brands were looking to work with agencies, um, not in an agency of record way, which had been the typical way in the past, like an ongoing relationship, but instead more of a project-based relationship. And I noticed that distinctly at bigger agencies where we could offer full service. We had departments that could do all sorts of marketing tactics, but we'd get brands who wanted to specifically work with us for social media or specifically do a website build or what have you. And we really wanted the whole kit and caboodle and they had another partner for that piece of it, or they had in-house folks, whatever it may be. And you can't really run an agency project base. It's quite, it's quite difficult. You're carrying a full-time staff. You have a lot of overhead typically with that. And there are other costs associated with running a business in that way. So meeting the needs of the clients was kind of difficult. So that was a huge component to a shift in the market. And then the other thing that was happening was the creatives on our team, instead of wanting to be full-time either in-house at a brand or in-house at an agency, were instead wanting to work on their own as consultants, wanting to pick and choose the projects they wanted to work on and really be their own boss and really choose their own adventure of how they wanted to work and who they wanted to work with. And that shift in a contractor model also turned those folks from in-house folks to contractors. And uh, I guess what I'm meaning is a hard cost in terms of scoping projects. So Cost of business had changed. How brands wanted to work with a marketing partner had shifted. And creatives wanted to work in the space in a different manner. And what was happening is my business partner and I were both working at an agency, her on the project management side. And like I said, on the, myself on the biz dev and client services side, we worked together very closely to try to scope business, uh, proposals, pitch, all of this good stuff. And it was so difficult to develop a piece of business proposal that was winnable, but also still allowed the agency to make money. It just was a losing proposition with the fees. So what we said is there has to be a better way to do business. Brands still need marketing support. So how do we structure a business in a way that provides that service to them, but then also is affordable, you know, in a way that's, you know, a win-win for everybody. 
So that's how the collective was born. And the way that we're structured is different than an agency in that we provide the best of the agency world in terms of process, client services, project oversight, holistic marketing strategy, as well as leveraging the best of the gig economy. And by having a bench of creative strategists in all different disciplines, we're able to provide full service support by picking and choosing and building the team appropriate to what the uh, client is asking for, their business goals, their timing, and most importantly, in a lot of cases, their budget. We're able to pull folks in on those uh, teams in a way that really provides really a win for everybody. Yeah. As someone who worked, I joke that my agency time I was like my summer temp job, <laughs> three months, um, like almost exactly 90 days. And I didn't leave it just because agency life wasn't for me necessarily. There was there were some other issues, but I did notice there was pressure to have billable time. And especially being new in those first 90 days, a lot of my costs were hard costs, were admin costs. And it's like, well, yeah, I have to get ramped up and in how the organization does business. And so in this model, you have the way that you do business and then your clients, you know, want to work with you or they don't. And then you find stakeholders, people to, to work, contractors to work with you who you create a good working relationship with. And so, yeah. And I, and I felt too, it's funny because um, I feel like very siloed. I felt like everyone's this is her job. This is his job. And no, you don't do that because that's not part of your job title. Like I'm a writer at my core and I'm like, you may have me managing accounts, but I can edit some copy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I see another advantage to somebody wanting to get out of an agency to be able to do more. Than Absolutely. I, I feel like with the business model that we've created in particular, it, it seems disingenuous to say, but I truly feel it. And it has thus far been a win, win, win. It's been a win for clients because we've been able to be super transparent with dollars. We can show where every penny is going to whatever the needs are. We're able to also be truly a partner from day one with them in terms of what those constraints are by working with them to build the team and the strategy correctly from the get-go. So they're happy because they're seeing, seeing the efficiencies in dollars and strategies that are layered in a way to be phased or, like I said, layered to meet those budgets and needs. And then it really is, I feel like, a win for the creatives we're working with too, because it allows, by us being the biz dev arm of their business in a way, we're able to ideally keep the pipeline full for them of work and projects, things that they're excited about, and really allow them to focus on the passions of what they're doing. And a lot of times... To your point, when folks leave an agency on the creative side, it's not for love of wanting to like run a business and do all the ticky-tack other stuff of running a business. It's so that they can really do more of what they love. And maybe it's across disciplines or different categories. But what Heather and I are allowing our creative team to do is spend more time on what they love, less time on having to develop business, which is a strength of what we're doing. And, and also the back and forth with clients. A lot of times that's not particularly what they want to be dealing with as well. So again, for them, it's also the best of the agency structure, like what they like, but not the um, you know pushing for hours and pushing for billable time. And you know it allows them to do things the way they need to do it. 
Yeah. I love that you're the one asking for the money and that I don't have to worry about it. It's amazing. (laughs) I think you'll find few people who love biz dev and client services. And I'm definitely one of those folks. So I feel like I'm a a nice puzzle piece in with, with many people. (laughs) Sure. And then the, the contractors can say no too. you know, like maybe it's not a good fit or maybe they don't want, that's not something that they want to be involved with marketing or maybe they don't have time or whatever, which when you're in an agency, it's like, this is your this is your workload. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great distinction that you just mentioned because our creative bench are not exclusive to us. They have, they're working on whatever projects are important to them. And, you know, we're not project managers in that way. Right. Well, I mean, you already kind of talked about that. I'd asked what the downsides are of the, of the traditional. Do you think that it's important to have a niche? Because I know I kind of have on my own, I have a niche because just by nature, the fact that I used to work in sales and business development within meetings and events. So that's where my referrals come from. Like a lot of my business, okay. A lot of my business comes that way, but the work that I've done with you and your clients has been quite different, which has actually been really fun for me. But you'll talk to people have different schools of thought of whether you should have a niche like whether you have to focus on one particular kind of industry, like there's riches in the niches, I think is some silly saying, but then you'll talk to other people who think that, I mean, marketing is marketing, right? And there is some value in certain industries to knowing how people buy within a certain industry might be different than how they might buy within another industry. Kind of what is your thought on working with really any kind of company that comes your way? What do you think? Yeah, it, that's definitely can be a, a hurdle or a challenge when being introduced to a new business. There is a sense of safety by working with a partner who has either personal deep experience in that industry vertical or you know marketing experience in that way. I'm of the same mindset too that when you're not so heavily niched in a particular industry vertical, it allows you to think outside the box. And sometimes identify opportunities or maybe things that are tired that they may not identify themselves. So I do think that there's a certain benefit by not being specifically niched in one area. Um, Things become quite routine and a little bit out of the box. And in some cases, you know, in some certain percentage that may work for most of your clients, but I care about that other percentage too, where that's just not going to serve them. But One of the things that I do love about the way that we're structured is it does allow us to have strategists on our bench who may have some sort of background in a particular industry. And if it is important to the client to have somebody who has that insight, we can absolutely bring them to the table to provide that color. But again, the most important time is in that upfront discovery and research phase. There may not be a specific deliverable that comes out to the client in terms of like, here's your analysis, but we always do some sort of discovery, whether it's a couple of hours or several days, because it is important to be onboarded. And I feel like most of the clients may not understand it when we're pitching it and it's roped into what we're doing, but they walk away feeling like they got a lot out of it too, because they feel like maybe their other stakeholders weren't aligned with the vision, or maybe they hadn't thought through something because in the way that, you know, they went into it. So I think that's how we overcome that challenge. Yeah. Well, and I think it helps, it can help business owners figure out 
how to better communicate internally sometimes to some of the things that you uncover, like it's almost like therapy <laughs> in a way. <laughs> it really is. It really is because sometimes just putting the question out there, something that's a very routine question, you're really surprised by the answer. They actually take a, a pause and be like, well, wait a second. I guess I took that as a given or whatever it may be. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, just the basic question of what are you trying to accomplish? Yep. It, it shocks me how, how many people haven't actually thought that far down the road. And that's that that's at the heart of strategy, right? Like, well, how do you create a strategy unless you know what you're trying to accomplish? Like how are we going to figure out how to get there if we don't know where we're trying to go? Well, that, and also questioning why they do things a certain way or why they have certain things. So why do you have that Instagram account? you know, this is what I'm seeing with it. And I don't see how this aligns with anything else you mentioned, you know, just chat, just the soft challenge of let's talk through the why behind everything. Yeah, totally. So I know you have had a lot of potential business come in as of late. And so it kind of got me thinking, how will you decide or at what point will you decide or will you decide to not take in more potential business or because I know right now you're doing some of the work as well, right? So for some of your clients, you're also doing the strategy versus just having your bench because you're, you're project managing, um, but you're also helping um, with the strategy. So what do you, what are your thoughts? Kind of, you thought that far down the road? I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, obviously. <laughs> I have too much business. I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. And it's, it's exciting. There's an aspect, I think, for any person out here who's um, either independent operator or working in a small firm you make hay while the sun shines. So you can't, I'm, I'm reticent to tap the brakes anytime soon. And the business model does allow for an accordion of how we structure the team. So one way to grow this would be to take a step back from the strategy work um, and execution work that I'm doing and focus more on biz dev and the plant, uh, project management client services side and let the rest of the team you know, go forward. I do have a passion for also being a part of seeing the project through. So the other, the other way that we could grow is to then do more of the divide and conquer approach, which is something you and I have talked about doing or bringing in other folks who can serve as also contract based, project based, but project managers to a specific project and building that way. So there's a number of ways that we could go when we hit that point. I don't see the end in sight soon in terms of wanting to tap the brakes. I want to see how far it goes. It's so long as that we're serving the clients correctly. Yeah, that sure. is our one reason why I wanted to start my own my own thing. Yeah. Well, and setting expectations up front is crucial. Absolutely. Making sure they understand you're not going to turn something around in a week. But yeah, building out your schedules with your different clients so that all the puzzle pieces fit together. So... Very cool. Well, I'm excited about, about what's ahead. So, all right, we're, believe it or not, we're, we're nearing the end already. But I do want to ask, I like to ask our guests, hey, Kylene, we have a viewer. Uh, we have a few viewers, actually. Awesome. That, that's funny because the Be Live, it wasn't showing me how many people, but now that I look at, at Facebook itself, there's, there's, we've got three people on. So, welcome, welcome. And if you're listening to this on the replay, thank you for listening, whether it's the video or the podcast audio. So, do you have like a, it doesn't have to be new, can be any, could be something you've been using for a while, gadget or some sort of technology, some sort of app or something that you're, you're geeking out on that you, that, that helps that you love or helps you do your job or whatever. 
Sure. So I actually have two, one for my personal life and one for my professional life. And neither one of these, I think, are particularly groundbreaking, but they really have affected um, in a good way how I do business. So the first one is Basecamp as a project management tool. I just feel like for our industry, it's set up in one of the best ways for how we do business um, in terms of working with clients and then also managing teams and having one place to really have a myriad of different resources in an organized fashion. Um, It can be challenging because there's so much opportunity with it. Putting the right process in place can be overwhelming in how you skin that cat, right? But I love that it has an app with it that on the go, you can be uploading resources that you may take on the fly. Like I was at a discovery meeting yesterday and I took pictures of our sticky notes on the board and I was able to right away immediately put it into the discovery a folder on Basecamp. So Basecamp, it's something I implemented at the league. It's something I've worked with at every agency I've worked with. And I was happy to bring it on board at the collective. And then the second thing that was interesting to me, so there's Fitbit, there's Clue, there's all these different apps out there that monitor your health or nutrition and other things. And I, and I have a few of them. I love that there's all these apps coming out there that help us better see what's going on with our bodies and track it. Cause I don't know about you, but sometimes when you go to the doctor or something, they ask how you've been and something just sort of like needles you like, I know there's been something that's bothering me and it's so great to have those tracking apps. But the other day I was at, um, I needed a thermometer cause I was, I didn't know if I had a fever. And so I had like, I had gone to, uh, get a thermometer or anything like this in a hundred years, but I got this one called Kinza. And so it's, it's just a normal, I mean, it's just a normal thermometer. You can put it under your tongue or what have you. But what I like about it is it has an app that is attached to your phone. And in the accounts there, you can set up profiles for all of your family members. So if you have kids, I think this is extremely important. And it syncs up whatever temperature you're taking to that person. And in their profile, you've set up their age, their sex, and some other notable stuff. And depending on what the temperature reads... It will also prompt you. It will tell you if that is of worry. It'll give you an indication. And then it will also tell you what next step you should take. So if it's like a low-grade fever, do this thing. If it's really high, you need to like get in the car and go see a doctor. So I thought Kinza was really neat. Um, I don't think it's, like I said, particularly groundbreaking, but I love that people are thinking through apps in a way that are really meaningful, you know, not just to have. Absolutely. No, for sure. That is really cool. I like <laughs> that you could put it against your head because it's got like that flat side. Oh gosh. I know you probably could. I mean, with the new iPhone, you probably could. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So we have a question from Connie. What's a good way to connect with anti-agencies as a beginning freelancer? That's a great question. And that ties into my final question, which was, what do you need on your bench? Like what, what, what kind of positions, like if people who watch this or listen would like to potentially contract for you, what, what are you looking for and how, what's the best way for a beginning freelancer to kind of get on the bench? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, twofold to the question, there are, like I was mentioning before with the shift in um, how agencies are operating, there's many agencies that traditional agencies that are hiring a lot of contract 
um, based, you know, uh, creatives. So that's a good way to just start building up your portfolio. You'll get a little taste of how an agency actually runs, which I think is beneficial just to have that process in your back pocket, especially if you're beginning. But in terms of the the anti-agencies, I think it's a matter of networking and getting out there and meeting other folks and, and talking to them about collaboration and partnerships because there may be some out there that wouldn't self-identify the way that I'm self-identifying how my business is structured, but may have a very similar way of doing business. It's just described a little bit differently. And they'll talk about partnerships or collaboration. Um, in terms of getting uh, in touch with me, my email is ilo at thecollectivesd.com. Always looking to meet folks in all different disciplines. We've done work from content creation, video and photography production, all the way to social media, website design and development strategy, and basically everything in between. There is an area that has been a little bit of a, a hole in terms of SEO specific strategists, really being able to identify and audit somebody's SEO and searchability and make a strategy and then even help with the execution. Another thing that's interesting as well is with designers on the brand side, we have a lot of graphic designers, but we don't have a lot of folks in the brand discipline space. Um, And I'm talking like logo colors, like with the rationale and also the traditional design work too. An interesting way that some of my folks have worked with one another has been to have somebody who's more senior partner with somebody who like get under the wing or with paired with somebody who's much junior. So this kind of goes to the question about if you're new into the industry, pairing up with somebody more seasoned is a great way to have this guidance with somebody. You get a workflow going with them and then you're partnering with them. And it's a great way to staff the team. For sure. Awesome. Okay. So thank you so much. Um, this has been awesome. Um, for those of you who listen to the replay or if you just, hello, Sophia um, Johnson, also who hopped on, watch it back. You know, it'll be on Facebook and then I'll, it'll be on YouTube and then the audio will be pulled and will be put on the Making a Marketer podcast. So thanks again, Elo. Nice to see you. And, see you too. All right. So this has been episode 22 of Making a Marketer and we will catch you next time.